struggling to pay bills and, you know, been evicted and homeless and living in a car. And it's really hard to love life when you you have a mother who works really hard and puts you in a great school district, but you don't have the nicest clothes. You know, you're not you're never regularly taking a bath. Your hair's not cut. You just have this kind of poor hygiene thing. And hygiene is a part of, you know, feeling good about who you are and what you represent. And, you know, my mom's way of kind of counteracting that, even though we couldn't financially, you know, have things. Alex Williams here to welcome you back to Broken Bulbs, the show for entrepreneurs, creators, and builders who need to keep it real. Today, I'm joined by the fantastic Vernon Brown. Vernon is one of the top happiness coaches in the United States, and he focuses on exploring the endless possibilities as to why entrepreneurs and executives feel stuck and unhappy. Known on stage as the Energizer Connection Speaker, Vernon uses his gifts to leave the audience members at the edge of their seats as they wait to implement his life-changing lessons. But he also struggled to love his life. That's coming up after the break. Real quick before we get into today's show, we all know that I like having recurring guests, but I've also started having guests on a bonus podcast called Bright Bulbs. It's a little bit more chill, a little bit more relaxed, and we have a lot of fun talking about silly ideas and creative projects we may or may not ever get into. If you want to access this special bonus podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash Williams. That's W-I-L-L-I-A-M-N-S. Or just click the first link in the show notes. Thanks for your support. Now, enjoy the show. Vernon Brown, ready to talk about one of your broken bulbs? <laughs> Do I have a choice? Let's get this started. <laughs> <laughs> no, you signed up for this, so so we're already here. We're going ahead with it. Uh, but here you learned to love your life, which is something I feel like we all kind of have to go through the process of doing. But of course, you didn't choose how it started. So tell us how you learned this lesson and, and learned to love your life. You know, I love this. It's because everyone has some moment where they can kind of click with this. It might be a different reason, but we all got a story. And, you know, my story in terms of kind of loving my life and not just love it like, you know, thank you so much for being here, but thank you so much. And I'm here and I get to make an impression. It's, you know, I'm one of three. I'm that middle child. You know, my brother's two years younger. My sister, excuse me, my sister's two years older. My brother's nine years younger. So it's an interesting dynamic, you know, kind of middle child syndrome, no judgment here. And, you know, for those first, like, you know, 16, 17 years, uh, you know, I can even stretch to 18, like life wasn't anything but tough. Now, I know some people grow up and it's a single uh, family, a single member household. You know, my dad wasn't there, you know, didn't show up till later, but we were just struggling to pay bills and, you know, been evicted and homeless and living in a car. And it's really hard to love life when you you have a mother who works really hard and puts you in a great school district, but you don't have the nicest clothes. You know, you're not you never regularly taking a bath. Your hair's not cut. You just have this kind of poor hygiene thing. And hygiene is a part of you know feeling good about who you are and what you represent. And you know, my mom's way of kind of counteracting that, even though we couldn't financially, you know, have things. You know, what I would have liked was okay. Well, make sure you're really smart. So it's nothing like not fitting in and then being a nerd on top of that back in like the early 80s, or excuse me, the late 80s. So I'm this guy who's really awkward, who's got this different family dynamic because everyone else in school has a family member or brothers and sisters who are like within a year or two of their age. No big deal. You're poor. No big deal. You're a nerd. No big deal. But on top of that, I was just this awkward, chubby, quiet guy. 
And <clears throat> and these weren't just what my, you know, kind of observations is what I noticed people were making fun of me about, my family. And they're just telling me that I'm just this kid who just didn't fit in, I didn't belong. And I literally felt like this kind of proverbial black sheep. I was called stupid all the time. And, you know, what happens to so many of us is many times that inner critic isn't us. It's what people told us. So you kind of compound this, you know, nine or 10 years and you really start believing these things. You really start thinking you're just like, what am I here for? And then, you know, I think, you know, I can't even say it was rock bottom, but it was really the start of rock bottom because I didn't think I could go any lower was um, one of the men, my mother, you know, and I love my mother, decided to see she saw a guy who didn't make the best decisions. And that's what I found out what breaking and entering was. It was came home, the door was broken down. Two weeks later, you know, I hear my mom being raped. And then two weeks after that, I hear my sister being raped. And it was a moment, those moments really just catapulted me down this downward spiral, downward spiral, um, to say the least. I'm not trying to be graphic. I'm just kind of, you know, explaining where I had to go in order to get to where I am today. Because you don't have a choice in many cases about how you're born, but you do have a choice of how you interpret it. And it was just a really, you know, difficult situation about this time, about 12 or 14 years old. And we got evicted for the last time, but not just evicted where you're displaced, but I mean, evicted, like people see you being evicted. The bus dropped me off and everyone saw all my stuff outside. And, it, it, you, know, you know, Alex, it's really hard to love life when your social system, your social network is everything at some point in your life. And you can look back as an adult and say, oh, it didn't make sense, oh, who cares? But you can say that as an adult. When you're a kid and that's everything, it, it it's like the floor being ripped out from underneath you. And, you know, it, was, it just, it got even harder <laughs> because then you're this felt like you're this forsaken child of the universe or whoever the higher power you believe. And even if you don't believe in a higher power, you just feel kind of forsaken. And, it's when I say I didn't love life, what I mean is, what am I here for? To amuse, you know, amuse life, to be the kind of the butt of jokes. And it was just an amazing thing, a metamorphosis that can happen, especially when you stay on the path of, you know, really questioning, not asking the why is this happening to me, but what can I do? And I didn't get here with those, you know, questions being asked by myself. It was, you know, some of those voices came externally because I'm a huge fanatic of there's no such thing as coincidences. Yeah. You know, I'm going through life and now I'm 16, you know, 17 years old. I graduated high school, you know, barely just because I didn't feel like trying because who cares? You know, I'm waiting for the next bad thing to happen. And I'm 5'10", I'm like 170, 180 pounds. And then the universe is like, okay, we're done making fun of you. You know, a year later, I'm starting to notice that my pants are super short. I'm like, why are my pants so short? It's because I'm 6'4 now. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, now the high ward is more of a joke because I'm looking down, not in judgment, but I realize like I'm taller than other people. And then I started recognizing that I put on a lot of good weight because after a while, you get tired of getting bullied and made fun of. So I spend a lot of time exercising and working out and still reading and everything. And as I continued to kind of persist and kind of grew mentally into those physical changes, I started recognizing that I could make life what I wanted to with enough persistence, but also with the right support. And the right support doesn't mean that they do everything for you, but they challenge you to see what's really there. I, you know, I couldn't make excuses for life is where, uh, where it is right now because what happened to me, you know, 18 years ago and like, where's your mom? Do you live with her? No. So what's your excuse then?
And that really grabbed me and it really just lit me up in a way that said, whoa, hold on a minute. And I was grabbing for those excuses versus reaching out for the opportunities. And it wasn't just the height, it wasn't just the mental differences, but it was my outlook that really changed. And when I tell you I started loving life, like I seriously started loving life because I recognized if you sat back, observed, watched, strategized, and executed, you can get what you want. Sure, it might not be exactly what you want, but you will be on that path. Because I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, you can do anything and everything in your life. You can fly. You don't have to believe in gravity. Use some common sense. But what I'm saying is, if you can focus enough, be around the right people, and approach it with a creative mindset, you'd be amazed at which how much close you can be to getting what you want. And I just learned like to raise my standards. And with me raising my standards and what I accepted. Because the things that I went through earlier in life, it made the next part of my life, even continuing in the now, even with my family, is don't accept anything less than what you want, not what is in front of you at the moment. I love that. And I, I really appreciate how you touched on the importance of having the right people around you when you're going through these processes and when you're growing as an individual, because support is huge. And that's a, you know, a theme that's come up on the podcast over and over again, is making sure you surround yourself with the right people. And then also adding in your own persistence and creativity to help you grow and develop. Now, I'm, I'm curious, what small piece of advice would you give to somebody? Because obviously, this has been a lifetime of change and growth for you. But what's something the audience and I and we all can do in order to make ourselves a little bit happier and grow a little bit today? You know, I think, though, you know, it's a really good question. I think one of the big things here is stop asking why. Stop. That why question is the number one thing I talk with clients about. The question doesn't do anything. It doesn't help you. You could talk about why is this fire burning? Why would someone do this? It doesn't change the fact that you need to put the fire out. The why questions come way later, if ever. The why is irrelevant many times. So you think finding a reason doesn't mean it doesn't stop the fire from burning. Wow, I know why the fire burned because someone stuck a match and threw it into the, you know, the brush. All right, all right, congratulations. We just wasted time. You know, so watch the why questions. And I think the second reaction to that is this is you have to question things in a way that promotes you to think, like the powers and the questions. And it's, you know, a big question for me is how do you know? You know, you can mentally check out on things without having all the details and the data. Well, it's never worked out for anyone before, so it won't work out for me. How do you know? Or a big statement that I use to this day is let me just see. And that point of how it relates to happiness is, is it keeps you guessing. It keeps you being curious. Because one thing about life is children are so energetic and they're so youthful and they're so positive because they eternally are curious. A child will question you down, not to annoy you. It will annoy you sometimes. You know, I got a six-year-old, but it's the curiosity is a superpower to keep people happy. And of course, at the end of every episode, I like to hear what's working for you now. Of course, you've taken your own development and you turned it, I guess, into services for other people. Why don't you tell us about what you do and where we can go to find you? You know, and thank you for asking this. You know, I'm a happiness coach and my practice is in what you're happy. And it's about giving people the tools that they need. It's not about me telling you what you want. But it's about, excuse me, me telling you how to live your life, but it's allowing you a space so you can figure out what you want. Many of us are doing the things that they are expected of us versus what they want. 
And it's about giving people the, you know, the beautiful acronym of OOPS. And it's OOPS thinking. It's options, opportunities, possibilities, and solutions. And right now you can find me on whatsyourhappy.com. And it's happy with an I. And before you ask why an I, because you matter. But it's whatsyourhappy.com and also ownyourhappy.com, which is my confidence course. Confidence is everything that you do in life. A confidence translates to how bold you're going to be. You know, confidence is also something people don't like to talk about often. You know, you might hear kind of um, kind of teasing out some of the things you might hear is, you know, fake it till you make it. Confidence can be make or break in your relationship, can make and break into your plan for that job, or can make a break into you doing so many things in life. And with more confidence and obviously some common sense, you can get very far. And it's about appreciating confidence and breaking confidence down so you can say, oh, because telling someone, oh, just be yourself. What kind of schematic is that? That's like open up like a box of Legos and say, hey, okay, be yourself Legos. You're like, I see a thousand blocks here and you're telling me just be myself. What does that do for me? So it gives it a structure, but also make it more actionable. I like that. I like that a lot. And of course, I'm going to have links for all of those things and more of what you do down in the show notes. And with that, I just got to say thank you very much for joining me. Alex, thank you so much. Your podcast is legit. I love it. And thank you for listening. Often our inner critic isn't actually us. It's just what people tell us. Don't do life alone and do it with the right people. Special thank you to Vernon for joining me and being willing to talk about his broken bulbs. Be sure to check out all of his work, which I have linked down in the show notes. And if you want to offer support beyond leaving a review and sharing the show, please visit Patreon via the first link in the show note. As a thank you for your support, you'll get a postcard from me wherever I am to wherever you are. Broken Bulbs is produced by Mecco Radio, and we are, of course, a proud member of the Create Vine. I, Alex Williams, was your host. The podcast artwork is by Bethany Gustafson, and the music we use is by Brian Claxton and Wesley Thomas. Oh, and thanks again for listening. Mecco.